This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything, from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. I'm your host, Allie, and I am so, so excited for today's guest. I have been trying to have him on for quite some time, and he is a very busy entrepreneur, producer, actor. I mean, he wears many, many incredible hats, and I am just beyond, like, literally giddy about today's guest. He is just so inspiring. I know you guys are going to love him. I have the amazing Matthew Del Negro, and before I bring him on, I want to tell a little bit to you guys about him. So Matthew is known for his pivotal roles on groundbreaking series like HBO's The Sopranos, Aaron Sorkin's The West Wing, Diablo's Cody's United States of Tara, and Shonda Rhimes' Scandal. In film, he can be seen in Taylor Sheridan's Wind River with Jeremy Renner and the Reese Witherspoon star Hot Pursuit. His most recent string of roles, including series regulars on the second season of Amazon's Goliath, the Netflix comedy Huge in France, and currently opposite Kevin Bacon and Aldous Hodge on Showtime City on a Hill. Matt is also the creator and host of the popular podcast on Perseverance, 10,000 No's, which led to a publishing deal with Wiley and Sons. His book, 10,000 No's, How to Overcome Rejection and On the Way to Your Guests, will be available wherever books are sold, and it came out recently in October of this past year, 2020. Matt, I am so excited to have you. Welcome to my show. Uh, thank you, Allie. This is uh, this is really cool. And I swear it is crazy how long we have been courting each other and kind of <laughs> like, I, you know, one of us is on one coast, the other's on the other coast. We've gone back and forth. So I'm really, I'm psyched that we finally got to do it. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have you. Like I told you before we started recording, I have been listening to your amazing podcast and that's actually where I originally found you. And then I started like, actually like, you know, doing my history on you and research. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's this amazing actor and producer and content creator and like doing all these things. And I just, I love that your show, your podcast, for those that don't know it, you guys have to go check it out wherever you listen to this podcast, you can find his, but it is all about perseverance and resilience and just all about how it says those 10,000 no's and how you overcome. And it's just so inspiring. And so like, I am just so inspired to have you here today and I can't wait to just get all into it. Oh, thank you so much. I, I feel the same way. And like, even just this whole thing coming about, I can see why you respond to what I do with that show, because you are just like, I feel like, Every time I see you on Instagram, you're, you're just like, you're constantly, you're constantly going at it, going at it, going at it. And, you know, with, with your kids, with your husband, it's, it's awesome to see. So the, the respect is mutual. So thank oh, you. Well, that means a lot to me coming from you. So thank you. And before like we really get into it for those, you know, I gave like a little bit about you because you have such a history of like starting and acting and what you did and then doing your own films and everything. Like, can you just give like a little bit about you before we kind of dive right in for those that maybe don't know, you know, who you are and how you kind of came to be and where you are now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I grew up in Westchester County, New York, about an hour North of New York city. 
Um, I had no idea that I was going to be an actor. I mean, I really didn't, I, I didn't really think of actors when I was a kid, you know, it, it's like Indiana Jones was just Indiana Jones. Like I wasn't really thinking it was a guy that went to work and, and his job was to play Indiana Jones. I don't know if I necessarily was thinking in that way. Um, and then, you know, later on, I played sports growing up and, um, and, and later on when I was in high school, there was one actor, uh, Pat Collins, who through my church did it to this youth group on Sunday nights. And he was just this awesome guy. He's married with three daughters. And we, it was like a, a big group of people. I mean, it, it was really interesting. It was like a, a big group of people that some of whom went to church, some of whom did not, it didn't matter. It was more about, um, you know, I told him recently, I said, you were like the predecessor to podcasts in a way, like we all kind of went there and his wife was involved with the conversation sometimes, sometimes she wasn't, but he would throw out topics that we were going through as teens and whatever. And so I guess he was a role model as an actor, but I still wasn't thinking that I didn't make the connection at all. I, I went to Boston College, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I played uh, lacrosse at Boston College and um, my, I, I, you know, long story short, I was going out with a girl. I went to Italy to study abroad before my junior year. We broke up. I had a big kind of, I call it my, my quarter life crisis. I, my sister had given me a journal and I just like really, it was like an emotional roller coaster. I poured everything out into this journal. I bought another one. I didn't go to class. I just wrote, wrote, wrote. And I kind of found my voice that summer. And I, and that, that first journal, those, that has the first traces of me saying, maybe I'd want to be a writer or an actor or something, but it just came from left field. So I was really scared. I was like, what the hell is this voice in me talking about? Like, I, I don't know how to do that. You know? Um, and, and then I, I got back to school and um, at the end of fall ball, I went back to playing lacrosse. Uh, and at the end of fall ball, I decided to leave the team and I went to the coach and I told him, you know, thank you, but I was done. And, and um, I ended up going out for a play at Boston College that spring. I didn't get one. And I, I, a month later, I went out for another one and I got the lead, but it was like, it was literally in a lecture hall at Boston college. It wasn't really on a stage. It was like, it was like in a class, like a glorified classroom. Um, but I really, I, it was like a two night performance, but I, I literally did that and I was hooked and I told anybody that would listen that I was going to be an actor. And you know, people were like, what, <laughs> what are you talking wow. about? So, <laughs> Yeah. And I was an English major. And then I got, I took some film studies classes. I got a film studies minor. And then, and then I just kind of, you know, I moved home after that, after I graduated and, and worked for like a Mason that summer, like laying patios and making some money so that I could afford to move into the city that January, which was 1995. So it was like 25 years ago, which is crazy. Wow. I mean, even just hearing that, like, how inspiring. And I love that you shared that you started journaling. Like, I feel like journaling now has become kind of like a trend. Like everyone's talking about journaling because of like, 
you know, this new wave of like, oh, affirmations and of this and of that. But it's like, you know, the root of it, of what you described is really like this kind of, you know, awakening in yourself. And this actual, like you said, was kind of this emotional roller coaster and journey of like a first, almost like a panic attack into like this awakening of like, who am I and who is Matt and writing all this down and this inner voice of like your source and who you were at the core coming out in this journal. And like, there's some people who, you know, really don't even know how to pick up a journal and do that. So I think that's so inspiring, even at such a young age that you tapped into that but it was totally thank you but it was it was totally luck because my sister I, I still have that journal I still have all the journals but like my sister gave me that journal she's five years older than me my brother's three years older than me so my brother and I were really tight we shared a room we played sports not together because he was just old enough he was three years older so we weren't on the same teams but we, we we you know we did a lot of the same things together my sister was five years older which seemed like a a lot older at the time, but she and I always had this connection with just with, I don't know, more um, uh, philosophical connection, whatever. She gave me the journal and <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, okay, thanks. You know, and she wrote something in it and I took it, you know, but my first couple of entries were really lame. I mean, it was like, you know, like I was just trying to write because you're supposed to do that. So I'd be like, today I went to the piazza, you know, and it'd just be like crappy <laughs> entries like that. And then this breakup happened and, and trust me, I did not plan it. It was like, it was my lifeline. I mean, truly, like I, I, I was always a guy that like, you know, would go to class. I was a, I was a student, you know, I kind of was like, a rule follower. And, and I was so distraught that I just didn't go to classes. I, I found this church over there and there was like a lawn in front of this church in this little town where I was called Perugia. And I laid on the grass and I wrote for like, I'm, I mean, literally it was, it's, it felt like it was like eight hours chunks, like just couldn't stop, you know? And, and, and it, it was more out of necessity. So I wish I could say like, I was this evolved guy who was like, I'm gonna journal in Italy, but that wasn't actually the case. <laughs> you know, the case was, I was just scared shitless and I, I picked up the closest thing to me that could save me. Wow, I mean, but that's so powerful, like, you know, to realize that like, not only did that become a lifeline and a voice, but it brought you, like you said, to where you are now in your journey that you realized that you wanted to act. You, you know, turned around and said to your coach, Hey, I, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, that must have been very vulnerable for you to do. It, it was definitely, um, you know, when I, when I went to my coach and I said, I think I'm done, he said, Think about it. And I said, I have. And he said, well, you've got a slot on the team in the spring if, if you want it. And I remember that weekend feeling like, and maybe for like a week, feeling like, oh God, what did I do? Like, there, it, it doesn't, it seems so, you know, kind of trivial now this far after it. But at the time, so much of my identity was wrapped up in playing a sport and um, just all of that kind of, you know, all of that kind of exterior stuff. And, and truthfully, I think that's kind of what happened to me was when I was in Italy, I was removed from the 
all of the systems within which I was a part, you know? And so I was there outside of not only, not only outside of, you know, the, the college, but, but, but outside of the country. And back then it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like you're on the internet and it wasn't like you were, you know, looking at people on Instagram, you were, you were there. I, I think, I assume you're younger than me, but like when I was in Italy, <laughs> your younger audience won't, they'll be like, how old is this guy? I'm not that old, but like, it was a real change. It was like, it, it was like, I had a phone card and you would literally put the phone card into the phone over there and it would <laughs> say you have like nine minutes or whatever. And like, that's what I had, like nine minutes for like two weeks or something or, or three, whatever it was. And it would just count down. So you didn't really call home. You, so I was really, really isolated. And in a way, that's what served me because it, it, it allowed me the space to free associate and kind of disassociate from everything that was, that had become a part of me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you said, you know, it served you. I mean, so fast forward from that to now where you are and how you're truly serving others and what you're doing with your podcast and even with what you choose to align yourself with when you act and create and the films you've created. I mean, what is it like now to look back at where you were and what you've been through and like, you know, what you're doing now and not only like knowing that it's what you essentially wrote down in your journal and you, you know, truly found was your passion and what you wanted to do, but that you're also serving others so much. Like what, what does that look like now? You know, it's still um, right now um, at this particular moment, it's been, it's, it's, pretty good, you know, despite, you know, I saw one of your recent posts about 2020 and how horrible it's been and that there are also silver linings. And I feel the same way, you know, if anybody is affected by it in their family, it's, I mean, it's incredibly sad right now. There's so much that has happened. That's been terrible this year. And yet there are other silver linings that, that have happened. And for me, one of them is like, I, right before this all hit, I, I got this job that was discontinued for seven months, but now I'm back to it. And I've, I've, I'm in Brooklyn as I'm talking to you now, and I was here all fall. And so there's something, you know, for an actor who spends a lot of time unemployed and between jobs, there's something, you know, really nice right now. I'm working on a job that I really like. And uh, so that I'm, I'm that it, it's a particularly good time when you're getting me, but in general, I think the creating the podcast was really huge for me. And I, and I, you know, don't know if maybe you feel the same way. Like I did not see it when I did it, when I launched it, I, I did not realize the benefits that would come from it for my soul, you know? Um, I'm not saying financially, it's not like I've, you know, it's, it's not like I'm, this is not my job. It's like, it's a, it's kind of a passion project. Um, but it has led to so many things. And, and most importantly, it's led to conversations like this with people like yourself who, you know, you, you all of a sudden you create this thing. And my biggest fear was like, I'm like, who's going to talk about anything of real substance? Like, are they going to talk to me? And man, I mean, people talk and it's great. It's like such a great excuse to sit down with another human and 
you know, you and I, we've, we've never met. We've been, I mean, we've actually been back and forth on, on emails for a while. So it feels like we've met, but like, we'll have this conversation and then, you know, for the rest of our lives, you kind of know each other a little bit because you're having a real conversation and it's, it's been awesome. So in that way, I feel like, uh, I don't know, very grateful for where I am, what I get to do. Um, it's definitely not come easy. It's definitely, you know, it's not fully behind me. There's the struggles. I mean, they're, that's part and parcel of being an actor is that like there are ups and downs. It's very volatile. Um, and, and so I'm not naive to that. And yet I'm very grateful. I get to kind of do the stuff that I do. I mean, you know, I, on this show, I feel like I said to the showrunner, I'm like, I'm basically getting paid to like play cops and robbers. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like a, you know, six year old kid. Like we're having big shootouts and, you know, cause it says it's a Boston crime drama from like the early nineties. So it's like, you know, I mean, it's pretty cool when you're working as an actor, it's really cool. The, the hard part is lasting long enough to get those opportunities. That's the hard part. Yeah, well, I love, first off, I love what you said, but to, to take that into two parts, I love one that you first talked about your podcast and when you launched it and how you had no idea how much it was going to actually be beneficial to your soul besides actually serving others and everything that you be sharing and connecting because I completely resonate with that. You know, when I first started my podcast that was, you know, originally stripped down with Ali Levine, it was literally, you know, stripping down to who I was at my most vulnerable core self, going through the postpartum depression with my first daughter and sharing that and not knowing where else to be able to speak to how heavy that was for me. But then all of a sudden it, you know, transforming into now everything that I've been because it's become all encompassed of, you know, my life and other stories and other struggles and, you know, their resilience and their empowerment, and all of these things. And I felt the same. I have felt it has truly been so cathartic for my soul from the beginning to now the people I get to meet the connections I get to have it really is just so inspiring and so I love that you said for yourself you've experienced the same and you've had these massive amazing conversations on your show that are not only helping you but also essentially changing the way others view things and potentially changing lives yeah ab absolutely it's 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 you feel like you're of service to people uh, I hope, I mean, that's the goal is I'm, you know, trying to help other people feel less alone in their struggles and they don't have to be actors. That's anybody, you know, everybody kind of goes through it. That's why I don't just talk to actors. I, I speak to a lot of people in my industry, but um, you know, I've also had a ton of entrepreneurs on the show and pro athletes and cancer survivors and healers and all of that, because just the human experience is that it's not all, you know, always so glamorous. It's not at all, you know, it's like, it's a, it's, there's ups and downs and there's struggles and literally every single person that I've had the pleasure of talking to, uh, you know, including Emmy award winners, all of that, you know, it doesn't matter. They're, they're on the Forbes list, all that stuff. They all, at the end of the day, we've been through the ringer, everyone, like no one gets out unscathed. And so it's, it's, I, I put it out there for listeners. And honestly, I put it out there for myself. Like I'm giving myself therapy by doing it. You know, I get to talk to people and, and, and kind of pick their brain and, 
Um, it's, it's really, I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. Like it's, it has literally changed the way I've operated as a human. I love that. I feel the same. And I, I love that you said that because it's true. It's like when you get to have these real conversations, like you said, though, we've never met in real life, but we're going to sit here and have this authentic, real conversation that you would hopefully have when you're sitting with someone. It's like, there is just so much beauty in that. And there is this of serving to others because you're sharing and you're exchanging in like what the human experience is. And I love that you said that, like, it's not, you know, so glamorous, like everyone thinks it is just because, you know, you are this super well-known actor and producer and, you know, all these things that you've done. And, you know, if someone looked at your, you know, Wikipedia and your bio and your IMDb and all these things, it's like, oh my God, the glamour, the glamour, but they have no idea, like all the hard work, all the grit, all the everything that you went through to get to where you are and still going. Yeah. I mean, I even think it's funny to hear you say that right now. Cause I'm like, really? Like I'm, I'm looking behind me, like, who are you talking to? And that was the whole <laughs> point of the podcast, which was I, at a certain point I started to realize, you know, not with people that I knew or that knew me or who, you know, who lived in my town or whatever, not with them, but with sometimes, you know, like television and, and, and film are a very weird um, phenomenon because you're in people's living rooms or on a screen in a certain way that is, you know, it's just not natural. And so they um, associate you with all of these qualities that were a character that you played or a show that you were on or whatever. And then what I started to notice over the years was if, if somebody you know, it, it's not like I'm, you know, I'm not Brad Pitt. I'm not getting, you know, hounded on the streets or something like that. But, you know, every once in a while, people will say stuff or you'll be usually not so much in LA. It's more like you're in some other area. And, and, and if somebody sees you, I started to notice like, oh, they have a way different idea of what my life really is than what it really is. Like they, they are attaching some, something certainly not my existence, but they have something that they've conjured up in their head of what they think my life is. And I thought there's such a gap between the facade and the reality. And that is interesting to me. And so then I just kind of hypothesized, well, okay, so if I feel like that, maybe entrepreneurs feel like that, you know, you see them on a, on a, you know, a private jet plane, it looks like, oh, they got it made. But like, you know, I know now because I've, sat with them, very successful ones. And no, I mean, it is hustle, hustle, hustle. And like, you know, people on the brink of disaster and then they just made it through and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. Like you are, you're, you're, you know, we're all very um, susceptible and vulnerable. And I think if there's anything good that 2020 taught us and, and COVID and everything, it's just, it just, you know, it put that right in people's face. And while that's scary, um, there's also something, you know, there, there's something I hate, I don't, you know, it's hard to say the word good because it's not good for anybody who was really affected. And it, and particularly right now, I'm not in LA, but I, it's, my family is, and I know it's horrible there. However, that whole, what has happened culturally and globally to slow people down and to, you know, make us all 
have to confront our own mortality and how little control we really have. You know, you can BS yourself a lot. You can say you have money in the bank or you have whatever, whatever, you know, list any material object or house or car or whatever. You can say that and you can BS yourself and you can BS the people around you. But when, when, you know, when it comes down to it, we're, we're all, you know, we're all facing mortality at some point. You know, I'm going to be like the biggest bummer of your episodes. <laughs> no, I honestly, I'm, I'm not meaning to be morbid. <laughs> I'm just saying it is what it is, you know? No, I mean, I love that you said that because I felt, felt the same. And by the way, I don't know if you like, you know, if you pay attention to this or if you even follow it, but I'm really big on angel numbers and signs and all that kind of stuff. When you were saying that in Pacific Standard Time here in California, it was 333 when you were saying that. And so I was getting this like ringing and weird tingling in my body. And I'm like, wow, he's saying this for so many to hear and like really register because it's true. It's like as heavy as this has all been, as heavy as COVID has been, as heavy as 2020, you know, has been. And now we're recording this, you know, in the beginning of 2021. It's like, looking back, you know, like you said, those reflections and those silver linings, it's like, it's true. Like 2020 really did teach us so much. It taught us that we really don't have any control and that we, you know, had, were forced to be present and figure out like what that meant. And like, I say, like sit in your shit, like nobody wants to sit in it. Nobody wants to sit in their feelings. Nobody wants to sit and be uncomfortable. They want to just fix it and move on. And it's like 2020 didn't let us do that. It was like, no, you're going to sit in it and you're going to feel it. And you're going to have to navigate and figure out what that looks like for you. And does that mean self-development? Does that mean slowing down? What does that mean you're changing? Like it really, in my opinion, really shook things up to the core to where no matter what happens in the world, I believe we'll never go back to that insane kind of autopilot that we were on because it shook the world to the point where like, how do you, we all see things so differently now. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see because people also have short memories. Uh, so it'll be, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see really, I mean, you know, it's, um, but I do think we will, we will come back. And, you know, I was in New York city, nine 11, and I remember thinking the world is over and, um, you know, the world as we know it and, and, and we came back and, and we'll do the same again. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. I had a thought while you were talking that I totally lost. Uh, anyway, it'll, maybe it'll come, it'll back. come back. No, well, and I love that you said that because I'm originally from New York. I moved out to California 10 and a half years ago um, to pursue, you know, subway styling and everything that I um, have been doing in the industry. And, but I, you know, I was a young girl when, you know, 9-11 happened and had a lot of people affected and my town was, you know, right outside of the city. So we lost so many. And, you know, I remember how heavy and, you know, I remember exactly what I was wearing and what I was going through and all of that at that time. And, when you just talked about that, you know, it made me remember like, you know, truly not just for New York City, but the world, like how resilient we really all are and how you, you know, we do adapt and, you know, move through and learn and, you know, hopefully maybe change a little bit and, you know, move forward. And so, you know, your podcast is really so much about that resilience and so much about, you know, you and your stories, as well as who you interview. When you talk about, you know, resilience for yourself and you talk about, you know, that grit and overcoming, and obviously the title 10,000 knows, what would you want to share with those that are listening? Like how they can, you know, think about resilience for themselves, because I think it's one thing to say, oh, you know, that no taught you something or, oh, but, you know, maybe something better will come down the road or don't worry, you know, that door closed, but a window's going to open or, you know what I mean? All these things that people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like coming from someone like you 
who, you know, is interviewing people about these kinds of stories and then living it in your own life, what would you want to share? Um, well, you know, actually that, that's what I was going to, I think that's what I was going to say, I think was that I wrote the, the book before the pandemic happened. And, and then like, I finished it shortly before, cause I was coming to do this, uh, TV this season of TV. So I got it done and then everything hit. And, and at that point I got sent back home um, you know, wasn't working and, but I was still going through like the editing process and going through all of the stuff that I had written. And I was like, holy cow, I wrote, I didn't realize this, but I basically wrote a book about dealing with uncertainty. And so that, because that's what my life has always been as an adult uh, in my career, I never know what the next gig is. Like you, you get done with that. And then you're like, you know, I describe it like you have to, you, you, you know, when you're an actor and you're the, the, you know, kind of the breadwinner in the house, you're like, I, I like had to go out and like club a bear and like pull the bear back into the cave and then, and then carve up the bear and feed the family. And then like hope that I could get another <laughs> bear before we ran out of that food. That's kind of what it felt like. It was totally uncertain. So what I would say you know, to your list is like, yeah, it's not about, um, it's not about negating it and going like, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. That's not what it is. It, it's actually acknowledging that there is uncertainty, acknowledging that sometimes it really hurts. I mean, it really hurts when you, when you care about a, a job, a potential job, you prepare, you feel great. You can't help but envision what it would be if you got that job. So you're kind of without thinking like you, you, you try not to do this, but you, but you're also trying to envision, you know, I'll try to like visualize when I get the gig, but then that involves imagining your life laid out. And then, then you get the call, they're going in another direction. And all of a sudden you have to just strip that away and, and move on. And so that's not, that's not so easy. I think I've gotten better with practice at letting it go more quickly, but you do have to have like, sometimes there has to be a little period of like, just, you know, acknowledging it's not great. It's, it's really, it, it hurts and it's, it's rough. And I think that would be the main, you know, if there's, if there's kind of any main takeaway, it's kind of what I started it for, which was to let people know, hey, you're stuck right now. You just got knocked down right now. Someone you love got knocked down right now. You know, the job went away, whatever it might be, fill in the blank. You are not alone. Other people have been where you are right now. Uh, it's easy for me if I'm not in that situation at the present moment it's easy for me to say it's okay like relax you know that's annoying to hear when you're actually in when you're in the hole and someone's like just relax you're like yeah you relax man I, you know I, i've just been pummeled here but it but it is true like you have to you you do anger look anger can motivate you sometimes so it can be used um but but really like it's, it's, 
I don't know. I've found that, that uh, for me and for um, the guests, you know, so it's not just my findings. It's all these people. There's a, a there, it, it's all the chapter heads that I have in there. It's like perseverance and all that, but it's also, it's surrender sometimes. And it's reframing, you know, looking at something and making a conscious choice to, to go, okay, well, this happened. It's not what I planned, you know, it's not what I thought I wanted, um, but it's what happened. And so now this is what I'm dealing with. So how do I, even if I feel like I'm tricking myself, how do I look at this like it's a gift? And that's the tagline of the podcast is failure is opportunity. And that's just because my dad used to say, failure is just opportunity in disguise. And so I, you know, I've kind of like, as an actor, how else can you look at it and still keep marching forward? Because if you looked at it, like every time you were told, no, you were done, then you shouldn't be an actor because you're gonna be told no all the time. So that's what it is. That's the gig. It, you, you, you get told no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I'm giving you a succinct, it's such a great message because we all get told no, you know, like you said, a million times over and over and over again. And I love that you said, not only is it the resilience, not only is it the uncertainty, but that it's the surrender. You know, what a powerful message, you know, because it's like, we can all say, like you said, like, oh, okay, I just have like a little pity party or all right, well, I didn't get it and I envisioned it and that's what I wanted. And okay, now I have to start over. But it's like, you're right. When you truly surrender, for anyone listening, write this down. When you surrender into that, when you allow that, not only are you then kind of um, in a way, I guess, you know, allowing yourself to then go through it but you're also potentially allowing, like you just said, you know, a failed, you know, situation actually creates an opportunity. You're allowing something else to come in, even if you can't see that it's coming in. And I'm sure yeah. you've experienced that several times in your own career. Totally. And, and, you know, as you're saying that I'm thinking like, I, I still feel like, I mean, there's still, you know, so much that I, I've been spared thus far in my life that I know everybody goes through, you know, with it's, it's like people. And, and that's the thing about like this year, like there are times and I think I was uneasy about launching the podcast in the beginning. And then when the book deal came, I was a little uneasy about writing a book where I'm like, and so I put this in the book. I'm basically like, look, I'm not saying, I mean, I've been through my own version of it, but I'm not saying that a ton of other people in the world haven't been through way worse than me. You know, I'm pretty damn lucky. You know, sure, I get told no, but I chose to be an actor. It's like nobody put a gun to my head, you know. Um, there are people that are dealing with horrific things. So, uh, you know, I don't really know how I'm going to react, how am I going to really react? I mean, that's kind of in a way, like, I guess what I'm training myself for, which is like, how am I going to react if something, you know, really bad were to happen? I don't know. Would I still be walking the walk, you know, that I'm talking? I hope so. But, you know, you get tested, you get challenged. And um, 
So there's there's certainly no, you know, judgment on my part. If you if if someone's listening right now and feeling like, you know, that's all great for you to say this about you know your acting career, but I'm dealing with you know A, B, and C, and they're really in the like, hey, I get it, and I'm certainly not saying like you don't have the, um, you, you're not justified in feeling that way or feeling just completely depleted to a degree that I might not even be able to comprehend. I am saying though, based on my experiences and those of, you know, pretty much all of my guests, some of whom have been through really, really harrowing things more so than me, they all say the same thing. Like it's, there are certain truths about how we all as humans get through this stuff. And, and those are some of the certain truths, which is like, you know, you got to fight when you got to fight and you got to surrender when you got to surrender and you got to reframe when you have to reframe and you have to have faith sometimes when it feels like having faith is, you know, absolutely insane, but you do it, you know, and, and that, that's been a big part of it too. Well, for me where I've felt like, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of the situation in my lap, you know, and, and, and then you just, so I've just learned to have faith and just go, you know what, I'm not, I'm, I'm steering the ship as much as I can. And then like, and then I'm praying, like, ho hopefully some bigger than me is gonna, is gonna get me through it, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you for being so, you know, honest. Did you lose me there? No, I got you. Um, thank you for being so honest and oh. vulnerable, you know, about that, because I think that, like you said, obviously everyone's situations are different. Everyone, you know, that could be listening, could be going through something, but I think that the core of what you said of, you know, the reframing and the surrendering and, you know, the resilience and the uncertainty, like those are all things we all experience as humans in this experience. And, you know, we all go through in one way or another, whether it's a very heavy level or, you know, a mile level or whatever you want to call it, we all go through it in different ways. And I appreciated that, you know, you said, you know, for you, those are the, the things that, you know, how you look at it and view it. And then at the end of the day, when it becomes bigger than you and you almost don't know what to do. You're like, well, then I pray then I, you know, go to a higher source. And it's like, well, hopefully something bigger than me, you know, can tap into that. And, you know, that's something I have personally, especially when I went through postpartum depression to now that I brought into my life heavily is like meditation and breath work and journaling heavily and prayer. And, you know, all those things have helped me to when I can't recenter or I can't find my footing, or I just don't know what else to do you know, that is, you know, that is my safety. That is my feeling of, well, somehow things will work themselves out. You know, and so I just think that that's, um, you know, it's very powerful. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious. So you wrote this book before the pandemic. And so you said you, you know, you were reading back through it when the pandemic was happening. Were you like, when you were reading it, was it kind of, like chilling in a way to read about the uncertainty that you wrote and then kind of have it playing out in front of you, especially being that, you know, you were, you know, in Los Angeles, you know, where I am and it's kind of a shit show here. <laughs> well, yeah, I, 
I was in New York when it all hit and I just got out on March 13th and really New York was the shit show first. And so I kind of escaped that, got back home and, um, you know, it was, it was more of like, you know, the joke for me, I said to my wife, I was like, uh, I feel like we've been living quarantine, you know, for years. I'm like, I don't have a job. I'm doing my, the podcast in the back, you know, cause it's like, people don't realize there are so many times when you're in between jobs as an actor. So um, I was like, I, I'm, this is like old hat for us. Like we, you know, <laughs> we're, and, and, and so reading the stories, what it was reading, what I wrote was kind of, it was kind of like, Oh, all of a sudden, there was this shift in the collective conscious of the world really. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I'm kind of uh, ahead of the game or ahead of the curve when it comes to dealing with uncertainty. This is what I've been doing for 25 years. So not like, Oh, I got this because I also got spared, you know, we have, have not, had COVID up until this point, but, but in terms of the uncertainty and having to pivot, lose focus, that's what I've trained to do. So all I did was when the show stopped, I just completely pivoted into the podcast and I just, we rebuilt the website. We vamped, revamped the whole thing. We rebranded. Um, I started doing, you know, these zoom calls. So, so more people became, available in a weird way um started doing like instagram lives which i had never done just to try to just be of service you know so i i felt like i would my career in some weird way had trained me to deal with what happened so when i did finally when i was able to come back here to brooklyn to resume the show I had, in some weird way, I felt like it was almost like I had had a time machine and I stopped time. I went and rebuilt the, my side gig. And then I came back to the exact same job. Only now I had that stuff built up because I had like seven months where I couldn't do this. So I saw it as like, okay, well, this is an opportunity for me to do all this stuff that I'm always complaining that I don't have the time to do. So it actually, you know, was in, in, in some ways in that specific realm, it was, uh, you know, kind of an opportunity. I thought. I love that you said that because you know, I felt the same way. I said to my husband, you know, like when, you know, it all hit and obviously at first we were all rattled and it was like crazy, but then once we all kind of started finding our footing in this whole new, you know, way of being it was like oh my gosh I had all this tedious stuff that I wasn't able to do and same thing like I'm still working on you know rebranding my website and changing it up completely and making a new website and I dove more into the podcast and I also was able to access people that were home because they weren't normally home and you know and and I was able to sit and go through just things that I hadn't done and little tedious things that were sitting for six months and I was like oh I should have done that already or you know and it, it's crazy how like you know this autopilot that we all have been on for so long came 
came to like this screeching halt, we all felt the breaks and it was like unnerving at first, but I love that you shared for you because of your journey and what you chose to do, you know, for work and everything, you've kind of always been in that limbo and in that uncertainty. And so, like you said, even though of course it wasn't the same in a way it was like, oh, well, I've already already lived in this. So now it's just pivoting in this and shifting and figuring out like what that looks like for me, but like what a gift in a sense that you kind of already had this like mental preparation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, I've never been under the illusion that things were certain. <laughs> I just haven't had that luxury. So for me, it's not that I'm so much, it's just that I'm more used to uncertainty than probably a lot of people out there. Um, and the other thing was when, at a certain point, you couldn't do anything with anyone, but you could go in the ocean. And so my son and I, he's 13. I tried to get my daughter. She did a little bit, but she kind of fought it. He fought it at first too, but we re we learned how to surf. And like, we, that was a great, great bonding thing. It was with him and some of his friends that were already into surfing and like some other dads, like that was the only thing you could kind of do. I mean, you can go for bike rides or walks or whatever, but we lived near the ocean. And so we, that was a really, I mean, that, that like I had, I had dabbled with surfing over the years, but I was horrible. I'm still not great. But I, when I realized we were going to be stuck there, like we weren't going anywhere. I was just like, okay, I'm going to learn how to surf. And that was a really great father son moment of, I mean, we went bananas. We were, I had days where I was in the water for, you know, four hour sessions and sometimes double sessions and, you know, my shoulders killing me, but I was like addicted to it. So that was, you know, that was something else that was, that, you know, was a positive that came from it. So. That's so cool. And, uh, you know, I love that you brought that up because again, you know, not only within your own, you know, career and work and business, but in your personal life as a father and, you know, and, and as a husband and everything in your, you know, life that you live, you were like, okay, well, what can we do to maybe make things a little bit better, make things a little less just stuck. And you went and did something that, you know, was safe to do that you got to create this moment and this, you know, forever now lasting, you know, memory with your son and got to like learn a new skill. I think that's so cool. Yeah, it was cool. And we, I mean, and we have, you know, full disclosure, we have with both of our kids, they're still in online learning since March. So they have not stepped foot in school. It is, yeah, some, some people have responded well to it. Our family, not so much. I mean, it's been, and my, and my wife, I mean, she's really the hero in this situation because she, I came here to do this job and I was literally gone for like three months where she was home alone with two kids and two dogs, kids doing online learning, you know, like she, she, I, you know, I was like, all moms are superheroes. So that's like a whole nother level of superheroes. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I could have done that and not lost my mind. And, you know, and I think she was a little close to losing her mind at some points too, you know, but it's like, it's, you know, I, I don't want, I just say that because I don't want to paint a picture of like, we were like, yeah, everything's great, you know, but, <laughs> but, but there were silver linings, you know, there were, there were silver linings. So, 
Well, and you know, what you speak about from the beginning of, you know, my show, you know, interviewing you and what you speak about on your podcast and, you know, with your book and everything, it's like, again, you know, the resilience and, you know, how you become, you know, more resilient, how you work through that. You just, you know, displayed that in your own life, in your personal life that, you know, yes, you know, we all, it's all sucks being in quarantine. We're all like having the fatigue. We're all trying to figure out things to do, but like, not only did you figure out something to do, but you took your son out, you created, you know, a new skill to do together. You got to enjoy together. You have this new memory and, you know, do this whole new thing. And, um, and in a way you also taught your son resilience, even though he's not, you know, maybe doing so well with zoom at home. I don't think most kids are to be honest, but you know, at least he got to get out in nature and, you know, still, you know, experience and grow and evolve and get to be with you. You know, I think that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's kind of like I, I had a woman on recently who who will uh, be the first interview that I'll air this year. And she's really funny. She's actually big on Instagram and everything. And she's really funny. But her, her, you know, her husband was diagnosed with stage four uh, cancer. And she kind of has started this Instagram page that's hysterical. She's from Brooklyn. She like says it like it is. And she, I was, I was laughing so hard because she's so funny. But at one point I'm like, it's amazing what you do. And she's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And it's like, it, that's absolutely true. It's like, what are you going to do? Like, what else can you do? This is what it is. You can't cry over what you wanted it to be. You just have to deal with what it actually is right now. But you know, Unfortunately, in some cases, but for better or for worse, that's all we can do is deal with whatever is kind of right in front of us. I mean, it's, it's futile to try to pretend or hold on to, you know, the idea you had last year or last month, or in that case, from like, you know, March 10th to March 13th. You got to let it go because the world just really changed on a dime. So, you know, what are you going to do? You have new information now. You got to deal with it. Uh, I, it's so, I, it, it's like, it's not always easy, but it's, it's kind of, there's not much of a choice. You can just pretend it doesn't exist or you just, you got to deal with it, you know? Well, yeah. And I mean, I think to that point too, you know, it's like, you can either choose to essentially, like you were saying, like, hold on to this, like falsehood of like what it was and hold on and grip, but, but it's not there anymore, but still hold on to it. Or you can go through it and, you know, just like you said, surrender and, you know, allow yourself to be in it. And whether you're happy about it or not, you're surrendering to it so that hopefully other things maybe do come through that can still be opportunities for you, even in, you know, such a heavy time. And I think you've done such a great job of showing how much you've done that within, you know, your business to your own, you know, personal life with your family. I think it's just so inspiring for others to hear because it keeps coming back to the surrender and the resilience of what we've been talking about. And I think so many that are listening need to hear that, you know, it's like, we all feel it. We've all been in this for quite some time. It's not going to snap back overnight. And so it's like, having to navigate that, having to know that like there's continued uncertainty, other things are unfolding, other things are happening. It's like, how do you keep kind of just going? But it's like, I really love that you shared, like you come to a place where it's like, 
it is what it is. And you're either going to just sit in that or you're going to figure out other ways to constructively and hopefully positively move forward as best you can. Right, right. I mean, and it's, you know, it's funny because the, the surfing metaphor is really good for this because if if anybody's listening, whether they surf or not, trust me, I'm not, you know, I'm not Laird Hamilton. I'm not good. You, if you, if a real surfer is out there and saw me, they'd be like, all right, dude, you know, like <laughs> zip it. But I'll tell you the metaphor of surfing is so great because it's, it's like when the waves are powerful, you're not, you can't fight them. You can't fight the ocean at a certain point. You have to, you can paddle, you can hustle, you can watch, and you can position yourself in a place where you can ride the wave, but you can't really fight it. And if, so there's, there's, I feel like I've had a little bit of a shift over the last maybe three years, probably since I started the podcast where I used to be like, you know, it's like resilience, 10,000 no's, grind, you know, hustle, all that stuff. And I, and I believe in all of it. I trust me. I mean, I, I, I would like to think that my friends would say I'm a hustler. However, there's a certain, uh, there's a flip side to that, which is, you know, you can hustle all you want, but when that wave comes, it's going to slam you to the bottom of the ocean floor if it wants to, you know, if it's, if you're in the wrong position, all you can do is kind of the wet noodle and go with the wave and hope you don't hit your head on a rock, but you know, you're not going to fight the ocean. And, and I think that the pandemic and, and, you know, metaphorically is, is the same thing. It's like a big, you know, a big tidal wave coming at us and you know you 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 you're not going to you're not going to fight it with muscle i mean you can you can hustle you can move but you got to be smart too and you got to know when to you know when to use the muscle and when to kind of relax into it and 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 again have faith that you know you you're going to be okay which you may or may not be you know Oh, I got chills because when you were saying that about the ocean, I'm so glad you shared that because when you were speaking about the surfing, that's exactly where my brain went, like the wave and like a wave crashes and it's like, you're not in control. Like, it's just like, that's, that's just what it is. You know, especially when you're in the ocean, it's like, you could even be a great surfer, but it's like the wave's going to take you out. It's going to take you out. It's just the way it goes. And it's same for the universe. It's like, you know, you go with the flow of the universe, you know, you, you know, you let things happen. Maybe you don't let things happen, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, like the universe, you know, that essentially is all around us, like whether you believe it or not, it's really, you know, doing what it's going to do. So it's just like, I love that you share that metaphor because I literally got chills when you're saying, cause I'm like, it, it's so true. And I feel like so many need to hear that. I mean, I need to hear that today because it's like, there are times where you go like, oh no, well, I'm going to try to control, especially right now, or, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And it's like, no, you don't know. You don't know what can change tomorrow. Like, you know, it's like, especially right now, you know? And so like, I love that you just said, it's like, allow yourself to kind of <laughs> be the wet noodle and say, you know what? Sometimes you just have to, again, surrender into what that is. Yeah. And it's not saying like, I'm not saying like, you know, lay around doing nothing. I mean, it takes a lot of work and paddling to get in the right position. So it is, it's a, it's just a combo. I think that's, I think that's what's happened as I've gotten a little older, as I've realized there is, there is a place and a time and a place for, for 
uh, hustling and grinding and, you know, you, you kind of never let up. And there's also a time and a place for um, that maybe softer side. I mean, it's, you know, it's the same thing with acting. It's like the part of me that is able to survive the business is kind of the part of me that was trained through sports to get up and dust myself off and get back in the game. But the part of me that, you know, is able to do some of the things that are required as an actor is, is not that it's a more, uh, uh, it's a softer kind of more amorphous kind of, you know, gray area of, of being able to sit in some things that are, are not so clearly defined. They're, you're not able to hustle your way out. You actually have to do nothing. You have to actually sit, be still and, and, you know, be in a scene listening or feeling in some way. And, and so it's that, it's kind of that yin and the yang. And, and, you know, that's why when you see a great actor or a great athlete, musician, chef, anything, they have both. You don't just have all one, all the other, you know, you got to have both. Yeah. The yin and yang. I mean, so beautifully said. I, I, there's so many gems you've dropped, Matthew. It's like, honestly, like truly amazing. Um, you know, I know we need to wrap this up here soon, but I wanted to know, you know, going into 2021 and, you know, coming out of 2020, what are maybe some things, like if you were going to sit with your journal and write them down, what would maybe be some things that you would write down for yourself to take into 2021 that I selfishly want you to give us? <laughs> um, um, well, the big thing for me this year is uh, I want to be more bold and, um, and I'm, I've, I've been working on, while I've been in Brooklyn, it's been a real opportunity to be I've had a lot of quiet. You can see the apartment behind me. I've been here totally on my own. You know, normally my life is a lot crazier and more filled with, you know, noise and dogs and kids and, you know, all of the things that you, you know, I see all over your Instagram, <laughs> you know, that's my normal. But here it's like whoosh, everything was you know, it's been silent. I've had my job to focus on. I've been very fortunate. I've been able to put a lot of time into that and watching documentaries on, on, you know, cop documentaries and stuff just to prepare. And, and, and a lot of what has happened in the silence for me has been, I've realized, you know, it's probably a combo of like, I've had to do, or not had to, I've gotten to do uh, press for the the um the book and everything so i'm thinking on a lot of these themes and i think i've realized i really am the one that has dispensed the most nose to myself it's not external like when i started the podcast i thought i was talking about the nose that i dealt with from out there i actually think most of the nose for me are limits that i've put on myself and language that I've used that I think I thought it was being humble 
but I actually think it was me being scared and hedging my bets. Um, and so I've been really working on removing that and just going, no, just say it like it already happened and just make it happen. So that's kind of the being bold thing. You know, it's just, it's kind of like, I don't know if it, if it's 20, if you want to say it's 2020 teaching us this, it's like, you don't know what tomorrow brings. So why not go for yours? Why not go for it? And, and I think when I'm examining myself and really with a fine tooth comb, looking at how I operate, I'm like, nah, you're like hedging your bets, dude. You're, you're, you're like, you think you're bold. You think you're, you know, you're really doing all this stuff, but like, you're still not fully operating in your power. You're, you, and, and you need to just like, let go of the emergency break, like, and just go and just that that's, that's kind of, uh, I don't know if it's self or to all of us is just kind of like, be who you are. And yeah, you're going to guess what? You're going to trip and fall. I'm certainly going to trip and fall. That's cool. Whatever. And if anybody wants to laugh, F them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> who cares? You know, I spend too much time worrying about what people think. And, and it's just like, there's nothing. I don't know if there's really that much good that comes from operating that way. You know? So well said. Yeah, it's so true. And it's like, if there's anything in this time that's taught us, it's to really tap into who we are, who we are at the core of higher source, like whatever it is that you believe, it's like, it's all within you. You know, it's like your success, your happiness, your reality, it's all within you, not what's outside of you, not who's judging you, not what society tells you, it's just all here. And so I think that's such a, a great message and, you know, such a gem to leave, you know, the show off on. I mean, Matt, I could talk to you all day. You're so inspiring and I appreciate so much of your time and, you know, your knowledge and sharing your own journey. This has just been incredible. Oh, thank you, Allie. Your, your questions are great. You really listen. And so I feel like I'm just like, lucky to be invited to the table. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, it means so much to me. Tell us where we can find you, follow you, where we can get your amazing book. It'll all be in the show notes, but let my listeners know. Okay. Um, the, I would say that probably the two main places are um, on Instagram. I'm just at Maddie Dell, M-A-T-T-Y-D-E-L. And the the Website for the podcast is 10,000nos.com. That's 10000nos.com. There's also matthewdelnegro.com. But just if you if you go to any of those things, there's also other stuff, Twitter or Facebook or whatever, but I'd say Instagram's where I'm most active. And the website, you can find the book. You can find the book in my bio there. And you could find the book at 10,000nos.com. And you pretty much could get the gist of it. If you want to go down a rabbit hole, you can. And that, those are probably the two best places. Amazing. So, oh, and then, oh, and then, and then, and then City on a Hill is the show. Uh, it's oh, on yeah, Showtime. Okay, City on a Hill. And, yeah, when, when, yeah when, so it's with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, it's, it's coming out. We had season one was last year. And season two, I hope, I, I haven't really been told anything officially, but I'm, I, I hope it's in March. Season two will be coming out, the one we're shooting right now. Um, and that's on Showtime. I'm not even sure of the time slot right now, but just look for Kevin Bacon and Aldous Hodge and you'll find it. 
Amazing. Well, congrats on that and congrats on everything you're doing and, you know, best wishes with the show and everything you've got going on there. And thank you again so much for sharing everything. Guys, if you took anything away from this episode, it's truly like, you know, Matt said, be yourself, allow that surrender and remember that you are resilient. So guys, cheers till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes, and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.